Welcome to eHacker Health, the podcast providing digital and community resources to help women optimize their health. I'm your host, Dr. Kat Andrews. I am Kat Andrews, the host of the eHacker Health podcast, and I'm so excited to have Susan. Now, Susan, how do you pronounce your last name? Because I don't want to mess that up. It's Mitchkey. Mitchkey. Okay. Yeah. Um, from Citrus Lab. So I'm just going to launch right into it. If you could go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us more about uh, you and what you do. Yeah, absolutely. My name is uh, Suzanne, and I'm the co-founder and CEO of Citrus Labs. And what we do at Citrus Labs is we conduct clinical studies on behalf of consumer brands like skincare, supplements, superfoods, and also devices. Uh, And our goal is that these brands then can make research-backed product claims. And a good example of such a claim is something like 75% reduction in the appearance of fine lines and wrinkles or something like 90% felt more energetic and all of you have probably seen uh, some of these claims right Um, and our mission really is to make clinical trials more accessible for brands by providing a more affordable approach uh, to the whole world of clinical trials. So can you tell us a little bit more um... I guess about some of the projects that you work on that are about advancing women's health. Yeah, I'm uh, really passionate about women's health because as you probably know, uh, women's health has been neglected by traditional Western medicine since forever. And when you're looking also at clinical trials until the 1990s, um, no women were enrolled in clinical trials because uh, researchers were scared that our our messed up hormones uh, <laughs> could screw and mess up these uh, the clinical trial results, which is crazy. So there's actually one uh, one very interesting anecdote uh, from a sleep age in the United States where you had women that took the sleep age and they were sleepwalking and mm. were like cooking meals while they were sleeping. Some of them were even driving, which is <laughs> crazy. Some of them were doing dishes and uh, they, they didn't remember any of this the next day. And uh, researchers were wondering like, why is this happening? And the reason was because this drug was only researched on men. And then it turned out uh, that actually women only needed half the dosage uh, right. to have the same effects as men. So we took like a lot more of uh, of that medication than we should. Uh, and this is why uh, this is why all of this, you know, happened. Yeah, you know what, that that brings up a really good point. And I'll, I'll ask this now um, to kind of speak a little bit more on why it's important to kind of have I mean, you use a great example, but the importance um, of having women participate in clinical trials, and then what you guys do at such labs to kind of address what was a big deficit and kind of still seems like it is when we're talking about, you know, things like medication and foods and devices, what you know, speaking on why you should have women participate in clinical trials. Yeah, absolutely. So 
first of all, especially in health and wellness, where you know I work in, <laughs> yeah, is uh, you know most of the products actually actually targeting women, mostly because you know what we talked about already that women have been you know kind of dismissed by traditional uh, Western medicine. Like if we have PMS, if we have cramps, we take a painkiller, but we don't have to do this. There are other more natural ways uh, to actually help you know alleviate PMS symptoms, alleviate pain. Uh, so this is where you know a lot of uh, health and wellness uh, products, supplements, superfoods, even some devices uh, come in uh, to actually help us with that. Another really exciting topic uh, that we are seeing is obviously we know sexual wellness from men, right? Viagra, <laughs> little blue mm-hmm. pill. Uh, but now we're also seeing a lot more stuff happening also in, in women's health. We uh, uh, we did a lot of studies on libido products, uh, for example, general sexual wellness products, um, you know, for women to have more arousal, for example, to get in the mood easier. Uh, so this is all really exciting stuff. And this is obviously, you know, why women in our case participate in a lot of studies because a lot of products actually, uh, you know, targeting women. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting because you do see now more marketing on television for in this case with when it comes to like sexual health um, that have women in it and they're showing you the products and then you even see them now in um, the pharmacies you see them in, in the stores and they seem to be products that are marketed towards women yeah absolutely. as opposed to traditionally just being marketed towards men yeah exactly and it's uh it's amazing so basically what happened is that we empowered ourselves Mm -hmm. (laughs) because we have been neglected uh because a lot of these companies they actually they they got started by women that Mm -hmm. you know wanted to find something to actually help them so a lot of these companies started in the kitchen um you know basically mixing together uh some you know some formulation and then trying it out giving it to friends and family and then realizing that you know these people found something that could be commercialized and then that's where you guys step in like okay let's test this out let's see how it works where it's working where it's not working all right well since we're talking about clinical trials how does one go about learning right like if they're like well i'm interested you know or what you know what are the pros and cons i should say maybe we'll start there what are the pros and cons of participating in a clinical trial as a woman Uh, (laughs) yeah so it really depends on you know clinical trial is is a very broad term so obviously Mm -hmm. there are drug trials and then there are studies that we conduct for health and wellness products that are not on drugs uh, but on you know otc products or you know products with natural ingredients um, so drug trials have many uh, many cons, but also many benefits because mm-hmm. they are they're going really after health conditions. And if, if you have a health condition, and then you know it can help you a new experimental drug, but it, it could also come with a lot of side effects, unfortunately. Right. Now with um, studies in the health and wellness field, um, basically the 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 worst thing that can happen is that you have GI upset. <laughs> you might get you know, an upset stomach um, 
Gotcha. Maybe have some unpleasant bowel movements. <laughs> but okay, or some dissatisfaction. Yeah, right. but typically that's like the worst thing um, that that can happen. Except obviously if you have an allergic reaction. Uh, on the other side, um, because they are supplements, superfoods. Uh, we also test skincare, so on that front, you know, worst thing is that you could have a rash, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, but upside is, you know, it can help you. But also on the other side, it might also not work because it's a supplement and it's it's not a drug. Um, so we have, um, you know, a lot of very promising products and, you know, they try to make claims that are more in the realm of drugs, right? Now, they are not saying that they are treating and curing, but some of them really go into that direction. And mm-hmm. obviously, you know, you really should go and get a drug versus the supplement to help you with the with the health condition um but uh obviously you know many supplements also do work yeah and i think i'm glad that you made that distinction between um because i was thinking that too when we think clinical trials i think the first thing most of us think of are drug trials yeah um and in this case when we're talking about clinical trials it's really like demoing products, right? You're trying out these products and these supplements to see if the claims that they potentially have that they've tested out are really going to be beneficial for the general public. Are they effective as they said they were? How effective were they for you as a woman in this group versus, you know, in an older group versus women in a younger group or whatever it could be? Yeah, but it also doesn't mean, right, that the studies are not sophisticated. So many of the Mm -hmm. studies we run, they are highly sophisticated. They are randomized control studies, which is the gold standard with Mm -hmm. uh, at least two study groups, which is either placebo or control plus the actual intervention, which means the supplement or the food or the the skincare product. Um, And then on top of that, you know, they are typically questionnaires. uh, And then, you know, you often have also biomarkers like skin markers or um, blood markers, or sometimes even stool markers where we take uh, fecal samples and then, uh, you know, get them in the lab and analyze them. Okay. I thank you so much for kind of giving that breakdown so people know a little bit more. Um, now, you mentioned something in terms of like giving that depth. With all of these kind of products that are out there, right? The wellness products, I mean, you guys are testing, you know, the superfoods and all this stuff. And there are a lot of things that are marketed towards us as women, right? The skincare, the supplements, uh, the superfoods. Um, and they make and they make a lot of claims, right? As data as we were talking about. They do. So how do we as buyers, as consumers, how do we know how do we know what to look for to determine if something is safe, right? It's been tested. So we know and, and at least, you know, in this case it's been validated and it's consumer friendly versus what is kind of just pseudoscience and a and a you know, a cash grab. How would we be able to determine that? Because there's so many things on the shelf nowadays. Yeah, and I love the word pseudoscience because I think a lot of traditional Western practitioners would put like the whole health and wellness industry under the pseudoscience umbrella. But uh, I don't think that this is fair because Mm -hmm. a lot of products do work and obviously they can't cure, you know, a disease, but they can actually help 
uh, people a lot. For example, again, going after uh, going after uh, women's health, for example, mm -hmm. right? You have people with cramps and they take painkillers. Uh, we have tested several uh, PMS supplements that actually helped uh, women take less painkillers or no painkillers at all, uh, which is awesome because a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of herbs and, uh, you know, a lot of supplements have uh, inflammatory, anti-inflammatory components to it and they really work. Um, so that is, that is amazing stuff to see. Um, and then we also have, you know, now a new category um, is fiber supplements, for example. And these fiber supplements really can help with you know, lowering cholesterol, for example, mm -hmm. or lowering blood sugar, uh, which is awesome. And then you have a ton of superfoods uh, that right. also do very, very well. Obviously not treating super chronic conditions, but definitely helping, um, helping individuals. Well, no. I know, speaking for myself, um, having chronic migraine conditions, but yeah. really pretty well controlled that my doctor, one of the things they recommended was like magnesium. They were like, you, you know, we've got all these yeah. meds, but he's just like, you know, try some magnesium rather, yeah. which I was really thankful for because I didn't want to take more meds and my goal is to get completely off the meds so I didn't want to up the dosage and add more meds and so I did appreciate being able to add you know a supplement mm -hmm. and also different vegetables it's like also you can add in certain foods into your diet that would yep. give me additional magnesium um so that does make sense it all ties absolutely. together it does make sense absolutely yeah <laughs> yesterday I actually talked to a founder of a company that uh makes uh kale uh it makes a kale supplement but it's it's more like a superfood than a supplement it is mm -hmm. very high concentrated kale and uh he was able to make it taste not taste like kale and then you basically just add it on top of whatever you were eating <laughs> oh like a powder <laughs> like a powder yeah it's it's amazing um but i think your initial question was also you know how do you know what, yeah. which products work and which don't work um so and you know especially pseudoscience um going again back to this to this word there are a lot of brands out there that promise you a lot and generally mm -hmm. if something is too good to be true it's too good to be true um yeah. that also <laughs> is uh, is valid for um for any product i often have to have to cringe a little bit when i see especially skincare claims that are in the 100 percent because mm -hmm. there is no 100%, right? There's always one person that did not, you know, have that reaction to right. it. Um, but uh, one, like, if you see claims in the 100%, I would definitely look at it. <laughs> and, and Run uh, away. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, think about, you know, if it's like 100% would recommend that something different versus 100%, you know, uh, experience more hydrated skin. Um, you know, this is a little, uh, sometimes a little weird uh, to me to read that. Um, but generally, you know, looking at how transparent brands are mm -hmm. about, especially the research they conducted, because a lot of brands conduct research, but they are not citing their source who conducted the research. They are not citing your methodologies. Like, how mm. did you come to that conclusion? Was it only questionnaire based? Did you do blood tests? Did you do you know, other markers? Um, when you're looking, for example, at, um, 
at some you know supplements or superfoods or apps for example right some of some of the weight loss apps for example they have claims to it and then how did you get to how did you get to that claim right yeah. um, did you just uh, did you just survey your own user base was there a third party involved who's this third party was it a marketing agency was it actually a research organization and then you know again uh Did you provide them with scales, for example, or mm. did they use their home scales and how did you get the data? So this is all, you know, sometimes a little sketchy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that, and that does, I know one of the things when I provide kind of a, and I'll ask you about a digital resource, um, but when I provide digital resources, I usually kind of make the disclaimer that these are things that, you know, either I've tried or mm -hmm. um, I'm still using because I found, you know, that I had for me really good results. But I know my, my disclaimer is always kind of like, make sure you find something that is kind of yeah. reputable. Like it's not necessarily just going with with what is mainstream but you can actually go to the site there is an about us page they show yeah. you you know some things on what they're doing and how they're improving their products and that that speaks to not just I think you make a good point not just products that we consume whether it's ingesting it or putting it on our face but things that we use digitally because there's so much information that we put into yeah Our, our personal information that we put into a digital app and then we're expecting so much out of it whether mm -hmm. it's an app or a skincare product or a superfood based on the claims right if you follow my app if you follow my skincare routine if you follow drinking this x amount of times a week that this is what's supposed to happen to you yeah and then exactly. we get so disappointed that it doesn't, it doesn't happen thinking something's wrong with us when yeah. the truth of the matter could be that the product itself is actually faulty yeah exactly <laughs> and that yeah i think that is that's a very interesting point um because obviously you know when when you are conducting research you are not testing your product on you know typically thousands of people because that would be way too expensive you are mm -hmm. narrowing it down um, and testing the product on people that you know make sense for your research objective. So, mm -hmm. for example, again going to fiber, right? Um, so the the fiber studies we conducted were with um, you know type two with people that had actually type two diabetes, and we were looking at markers of type two diabetes. We were looking at uh, glucose, insulin, HbA1c. We were also looking at lipids, for example. And of yeah. course, you know, something happens, right, with them. Uh, but then maybe people that have, you know, that are pre-diabetic or have like normal blood sugar levels might not see the same results. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But that also about... makes sense because yeah. this also, in, you know, when you, when you, uh, when you're a drug developer, right, you develop a drug, you a biotech, a pharma company, And, you know, you also want to test your drug on people that mm -hmm. you actually want to treat. So it, it makes sense. But it's yeah. like, you know, <laughs> but this is like you you only get prescribed a drug when you really need it versus you take a supplement. You know, yeah. just buy one at CVS. Yeah, 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 yeah. That does make sense, right? So the drug, which is supposed to be targeted towards 
you know, specific population versus the supplements, which is supposed to be for the general population. Yeah. yeah. That does, that does make a lot of sense. Yeah. All right. So I have another question here. Now you created an app, you created the mind mate app, which was known as kind of like the ultimate Alzheimer's um, app. So what digital resources, if any, right, since we were talking about apps, um, as well as some digital products or websites or anything like that, can listeners kind of look to with regards to maybe wellness products? If you got, and if Citrus Labs has any, you know, you can name those as well. We do. Yeah, we have a tested products page <laughs> okay. where, where listeners uh, can find information um, on products that we have tested. Then another uh, very interesting website is called clinicaltrials.gov. I personally really like that website because ideally every clinical trial that happens in the United States actually gets listed there. Um, and ideally uh, companies, brands, awesome pharma companies um, that have their, have their clinical trial listed there should also publish their results on this on this website so if i wanted to know like where they say my foundation is should be on that site ideally yes <laughs> okay except... ideally in an ideal world right if my skin cream says yeah. it lists you know uh wrinkles 98 percent of the time yeah i should be able to go to that website and see how they found out that exactly you it see... is erasing wrinkles 98 yeah. percent of the times or whatever their claim is yeah and you see you know okay. the details of the study design what methodologies they use yeah. you see inclusion exclusion criteria of study participants uh, for example but skincare is something different because mm -hmm. oftentimes skincare is utilizing a study design called consumer perception studies, which ah. are not clinical trials. So they don't have gotcha. to put their stuff on that. Uh, and they are basically, so the big difference between a clinical trial and a perception study is that it's really going after the perception. And, yeah. you know, the participants or panelists in that, uh, in that instance get asked quest questions like, would you agree or disagree that this eye cream helps with uh, with um, getting rid of your dark circles under your right. eyes, for example? And then you have oftentimes you have agree or disagree. Sometimes they do a Likert scale of five, <laughs> where you go from uh, strongly disagree to strongly, strongly agree. agree. Yeah. yeah. And this is how you, <laughs> this is how you make your claims. And this is then also how you often get to like the 100% <laughs> because ah, they just Okay. So that's a little bit different. So you're really asking. So if I, so I'm telling you, uh, you know, based on the fact that I've used this and I could, I feel like this mm -hmm. has really been helpful. So of course I'm going to say, I agree. Like I've been using yep. this and I feel like it's having great results. And so because I, as a participant, have said this, the company can say, look, we have, we've, we've tested 100 women and all 100 women said yep, they agree, exactly. hence the 100%. Yep, exactly. Ah, and okay. <laughs> this, is, this is especially also true for hydration stuff. For example, we have a, a cream that should hydrate and, you know, okay. obviously your skin will feel immediately hydrated once you yeah. put it on. 
you have to have really really bad cream <laughs> right if it doesn't leave a hydrated feeling but then on top of that what you can do is they are like certain instruments they are skin analyzers and instruments um that you can actually put on your skin that analyze everything analyze moisture and yeah. then you, know, you actually get an objective data point yeah. as well yeah. typically that's not that high <laughs> okay I, I can see I can see now I can see now this is so eye-opening I was like ah there's a difference all right so um so we got your you got your website which I'll list in the show notes um Citrus Lab and where they can go to kind of look at the results for um all the clinical trials and I know that there's tons of companies that you guys have um done stuff for in those categories in terms of um supplements and beauty products as well as superfoods and i think do you do biotech as well um sometimes we sometimes. use biotech yeah we we try to do otc only okay because so over, we don't only the want over the to, counter okay yeah we don't want to get into um the paperwork of the fda regulated uh, yeah products. okay so really more of the over-the-counter which is more accessible to more people being Absolutely. able to do the over-the-counter um so we'll list that and then the clinicaltrials.gov um so where can listeners since i know you know with time um it's been so great this has been so informative um but where can listeners find out more about you and what you do and um of course i'm gonna list it just as but where can they find out more yeah, unfortunately, I'm a grandma and I'm not on social media. <laughs> probably a good thing. It's probably a good thing. <laughs> yeah, um, so I'm on LinkedIn, though, and you can follow me on LinkedIn. Uh, okay. Again, my name is Suzanne Mitchkey. It's it's a weird name. So maybe you want to you wanna, <laughs> you know, look at the show notes. <laughs> show notes uh, it is. Yeah. yeah. Or you send me an email at Suzanne at CitrusLabs.com. Oh, perfect. Okay, so we'll list that. And then, of course, we'll list um, the Citrus Labs and have that on there so people can go and search the site and look at it and see all the stuff you guys do and also find out more about how clinical trials, especially for, in this case, clinical trials for uh, more OTC products, how that works and how women can get involved. Awesome. Any closing, any closing thoughts? Closing, closing facts, I think, you know, for me, it's really important because I know that, and I, I was actually thinking a couple of years back that health and wellness is all pseudoscience and it doesn't work and stuff, right? And that it's just, you know, money-making machine. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I actually changed my opinion by a lot. <laughs> and I'm, I'm really, really excited that so many brands are actually choosing the evidence-based approach and helping also the entire industry to, you know, kind of destigmatizing the industry from this pseudoscience angle. Yeah, I think that that's, that's really, I think it's a great point to end on um, because I think a lot of people too, um, because consumers are becoming a lot more smarter, they're a lot more health conscious. So while we may want to get that product that hydrates more, makes your skin feel better, or more elasticity or whatever, um, you also don't want to just buy anything that's going to make you sicker, even if it is over the counter. And also people are more money conscious. You don't want to just be throwing 
money after something that doesn't, you know, potentially work if it's got these crazy claims. Yeah. So, you know, there's no, there obviously there's no holy grail, but at least being able to know, right, the supplement ideally would work if you were do, to do this, this product has been tested and, you know, these claims have been valid for 80% of the people, like those are good numbers. Definitely. Compared yeah. to 100%. Yeah. And then there's also one thing that we actually haven't talked about. There's also uh, ingredients research um, that mm. has been around since forever. And yeah. there's a website called PubMed and you can just check that out. Uh, PubMed.com, I think it is. Mm -hmm. um, and basically what you just type in ingredients and then you can see, uh, you know, different studies that included this uh, ingredient. And then you can check like, okay, so this supplement has this and that ingredient. And in that uh, study, you know, this dosage, um, you know, basically resulted in that. Well, definitely, definitely uh, make sure I add that to the show notes as well so that we have <laughs> all of those. So I really appreciate this. This has been really informative. I'm so thankful for your time. For anyone who wants to know more, you go definitely head over to the Citrus Labs website. Um, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank you for having me. This was great.